I, I want to today continue the Pentecost theme with a focus on speaking and praying in tongues. And I, I want to have a conversation around that whole area. Of course, sometimes we refer to, uh, uh, as, uh, refer to it as uh, prayer language or heavenly prayer language or heavenly language or uh, uh, other people might say praying in the Spirit. And I think it's important to understand for us as a, or, or preface what we're going to say here today is we're a Pentecostal church, right? So, so, yeah. so yep, we're a Pentecostal church. So that means we're not what's called cessationists. If you go on YouTube, you can watch a million videos that'll tell you why the gifts are not for today, why it, 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 it's a cessationist is someone who believes, and I've taught on this, I did a whole series on it. You can go back and check it out. Maybe we need to do it again sometime. But a cessationist believes the gifts stopped with the death of the apostles and upon the receiving of the word of God and that there was no need for it to continue. We do not hold to that view. We don't think the Bible teaches that. We are not cessationists. We we, we, we would be called continuationists. That is, we believe that, that the gifts of God continue. Can I hear a good amen in this penny? Because how many know, wouldn't it be a shame if God couldn't do a miracle? I could only do it back then, but no. We, we, how many know we need miracles today? When your, your auntie's sick or when your mom's not doing well, you need a miracle. You need a miracle. And so we believe the gifts of the Spirit are for today. But I, I, I think it's important to preface that. But I do feel the whole subject of tongues is something many Christians are unsure or uncertain about, perhaps even a little confused or even, even apprehensive. Uh, for some, this topic is a source of angst. It's a source of worry or even frustration. For, for others, depending on the church background, it might be even what church background you grew up, for instance, if you grew up in a church that's sensational, or not sensation, cessationist, it might have been sensational, but I also, yeah, that word, so, 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 so you might even regard this as controversial because of the background that you have, so this whole talking about tongues, oh, I don't want, I don't want to do it, it stresses me out, you know, it's kind of, I don't know what to think about that, and so we're going to have a conversation uh, about that today. Oh, and to help us do that, would you please put your hands together for Annette and Peter Riggle? I knew they were there. I knew they were there. So, so again, I'm just going to uh, come and sit down. So we're, 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 again, this is just talking. And I'm just telling you right now, I need to slow down, don't I, Dan? I'm talking real fast. So I'm slowing down. But, but here's the thing. We, I already know we're going to do a part two on this because we, we, we hardly got anywhere, didn't we? We're just touching, scratching the surface uh, there. But, I, but I, I think this is a topic churches don't want to talk about. And I don't want to just do it once a year on Pentecost. It's like, oh, that's the day we do. No, I, I think we need to talk about it because the Holy Ghost, alive and at work in our lives, could change your ministry, how you do your Christian walk. And, and we, we, need to, we, we need to talk about uh, talk about it. And of course, the other thing is, and we'll probably deal with this next week, there'll be an elephant in the room. And the elephant in, in the room is like, well, I got prayed for and nothing happened. Or, or someone prayed for me. I've been, in fact, pastor, I've been prayed for five times and I really tried and nothing happened. Well, we, we should talk about that. So how do we respond to that? What do we, what, what do, we do? How, how, how do I, how do, how, how do I feel about that? So we're going to do a part one and a part two. And um, why have I got Peter and Annette here 
uh, firstly, because I love them and I like them. They're, they're nice, uh, nice people and they're great in the house of uh, God. But they are seasoned ministers. Seasoned ministers, credential pastors for many years. Uh, pastored in Spain, but also in uh, uh, part of a big church in South Africa. And, and just uh, got a wealth of knowledge and experience um, uh, and, 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 and pastoring that I think can, uh, can help us. And one of the things, I, I remember when we had Pastor Andre Olafia from Rivers Church in South Africa uh, with us a few years ago for our, our, our conference. I was bringing him back from, this is Rivers Church on the, I think it's a massive church, thousands and thousands of people. And we were bringing him here to do the, the message and I was driving back and he said, Pastor, and I'm doing my South African accent, I hope I do a good job, but he said, Pastor Adam, he said, why you've not got, you've got an 8 a.m. service, how come you've not uh, put me in the 8 a.m. service? Well, I said, well, it's a small service. It's a, I, I thought, you know, you know <laughs> I was like, well, I, I, I just thought I'd give you, a, he's like, no, 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 I want to preach the word of God. I don't care how big the size is. And I said, well, actually, there's a guy there. There's a South African guy there. His name's Peter Riggle. He, you, can, you can say hello to him. He's like, Peter Riggle? Peter Riggle? He's yeah. like, I know that name. I know that name. And it turns out, it turns out that when Pastor Andre was just a young pastor struggling to get going before all the things he's doing now, Pastor Peter, who was part of a, a, a big church there, took Pastor Andre out for coffee and said, bro, you can do this. You know, you, you, you encouraged him, and he's like, man, that guy, that coffee changed my life kind of thing. So, so th these guys have had an impact. So put your hands together and welcome them as they come. That's good. That's why I've asked them. So, 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 so again, Peter, I'm gonna, I'll start off a little bit. Of, what is tongues, and why should we speak in tongues? What, what, what even is it? What even is it? It's a heavenly prayer language. It's a gift from God. It's a supernatural happening for a believer when they have such a desire to be filled with the Holy Spirit. And it does start really with what Jesus said, and it's recorded in John's Gospel. He said, concerning the Holy Spirit, that the Holy Spirit would come, but it was going to take some time, until the day of Pentecost, in fact. But when that day of Pentecost came, they were all in one place, all, in, all gathered together, and the Holy Spirit fell. They saw clothing tongues as fire, but the Holy Spirit fell. They were baptized with the Holy Spirit, and they began to speak in tongues. So your question is, what is tongues? Yeah. It is a heavenly prayer language. It is a gift from God that accompanies the baptism with the Holy Spirit. It's a language that we have never learned. You can't learn to speak tongues like you can learn to speak any other language. But it can be a real language, a language known to others. And I gave an example earlier on of when we were in South Africa, they said South Africa, in the Bible school, teaching on the person and the work of the Holy Spirit and a call for who wants to be filled with the Holy Spirit. And the uh, students came forward and we prayed. We said a prayer and they began to speak in tongues. And one of the chaps came to me after. He said, oh. I knew what he was saying. I knew just what he was saying. He's speaking my language and that's a dialect of my language. 
They were from different parts of Africa. One was from Nigeria, the other was from Uganda, miles and miles apart. But that language was a real language. But it can also be, a, and it is often, an unknown language. And earlier you said, Pastor, about the tongues of men and of angels. Mm -hmm. Sometimes I believe we do speak in the language of angels because it's, a, it's an, a great unknown. It's supernatural. It's a gift from God that comes with. In fact, it is really the experience, the experience, the evidence that comes when we're filled with the Holy Spirit. So, so, so what, what's your experience and, and that you were... You speak in tongues. How did that happen for you, speaking in tongues? Well, when I got born again, uh, I'll just make it uh, very brief, but I was searching for God all my life, really, from being a, from a teenager. I was hungry for God. And one day, and I remember the day vividly, 9th of September, 1979, wow. um, I heard the word preached that I'd never really heard before in that way, preaching peace with God through Jesus Christ. And only this weekend, yesterday, did I realize that probably what happened to me was what happened to the household of Cornelius mm. in Acts 10, verse 44, because they heard the word preached that Peter was preaching. And while he was still preaching, the Holy Spirit fell on them. And those that had come with Peter heard them speaking with tongues and, and magnifying God. And I just realized that that's what must have happened with me. As I gave my life to him, to Jesus, I, I, I was so hungry and so desperate for God. I was searching for the truth, really. And when I asked him to, to, to take over my life, I truly gave my whole life to him and, and asked him to be my Lord. It wasn't a half-hearted response to an altar call. It was, a, it was just giving myself to him, hungry, desperate. The Holy Spirit fell on me, and I didn't know what was happening. But I only realized eventually, when, when I, I came to myself, I guess, that I was speaking in tongues. And... It was different to Pete. That, that's what God did for me. But I, I, I think, I believe, it was because I was so hungry. Mm -hmm. Be, because just to, to, to um, confirm that, in John 7, verse 37, Jesus stands up on the last day of the feast. And he says some words like this. He said, if anyone thirsts, let him come to me and drink. And rivers of living water will flow from his belly, from his innermost being. And I really believe that that's, that that's something that we, that's a secret that we need to know. If we thirst for him, if we're desperate, if we're hungry, he said, come to me if you thirst and drink and rivers of living water and rivers of living water flow from our belly, from right. our innermost being when we speak in tongues. And so for, for you, it was quite different, right? So for for you, there was a waiting. It didn't, ha and that's something I think that's important to understand in this 
whole phenomena and this, this, this gift, it, it's different. And even reading in scripture, the order seems to be the house of Cornelius. The order is different than Acts chapter uh, 2. They, they, in Acts chapter, they'd already been baptized in water in the house of Cornelius. They were filled with the Spirit. And then he said, be baptized in water. So, so it, it, there is, it doesn't seem to be any order. This can happen at any time. What was your um, ex experience? My experience, as we've said, is different because um, on my 37th birthday, um, I was going to go to this funny church where they met in a cinema and lifted their hands and shouted, Hallelujah. And that wasn't in tradition with my Anglican heritage. You don't do that sort of thing. How dare you do that sort of thing? But. I have to come back to Annette because what she said about her day of receiving the baptism with the Holy Spirit, um, which was subsequent to her giving her life to the Lord, they are, it's possible to separate the two. Yeah. Um, very much so, and as Pastor has already said, sometimes people have to wait, there's a delay. But I'd given my life to the Lord and uh, I'd gone off and I'd immediately started witnessing to some people uh, which was surprising to me because it wasn't my my norm but when Annette came back from that very first day on the 9th of September it just so happened that uh, I was looking after the dogs and the children which is what dads do when <laughs> wives have gone off to funny churches <laughs> be careful guys mm. She came back, but her whole countenance had changed. Mm. She was a different woman than the one that had left the house earlier. And I said to her, it's happened to you. The same thing has happened to you, what happened to her sister, because I saw it in her sister, and I saw it in her brother-in-law, and he was a real baguette, a real bad egg, until <laughs> this thing happened. Yeah. And so there was this great change. So I thought, well, to appease her, I'll go to this happy, clappy church see what happens on my birthday well the Holy Spirit convicted me on the inside and I went to the altar call and I went down and I gave my life to the Lord and I cried big muscular Pete cried yeah he I was did. a bodybuilder just so to be careful I was it doesn't look like it now I know but don't go there it was when once he upon a time he looked like Tom Jones that's what I reckon once He's upon a time Jones? he was a bodybuilder yeah, yeah. I look more like Uncle Tom's cabin I don't know <laughs> <laughs> so I didn't get this baptism with the Holy Spirit. And I was pig sick about it. I was envious. And I wanted it, whatever I, it was that she'd got and I hadn't got. And I was envious. I was jealous. And I went to many meetings after that. Many meetings seeking because I wanted, I had such a desire to be filled with the Holy Spirit and have the evidence of speaking in tongues. Another altar call came. Some time later, I went down, and the last thing I remember was the gray shoes of the pastor who was praying for me. I went out under the anointing. I don't like to use the word slain in the Spirit. We don't, the Holy Spirit doesn't slay anybody. I fell out under the anointing mm. when the supernatural power of God hit me and knocked me off my feet. And, that was a, and I got up, and I was speaking in tongues. Mm. And I have been ever since. Praise God. Yeah, amen. Amen.
I, I, I think too, because I like, there, there are people I like in different camps who would say, you know, when you on your conversion, you you receive the Holy Spirit, which you 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 do like there is nothing else necessary. But the challenge of, of that is is then why in Corinthians does Paul tell us to eagerly desire and to uh, to to go after if there is nothing further? And so so I think that the, the whole thing of eagerly desiring is very very important. Uh, we'll talk about that, but what? How does tongue, because this conversation or what, what led to this was after preaching last week in Tawa, after the message, you came up and said, very nice message. Thank you for saying that. But you also said, I, you know. I did not say it's a nice message. Oh, I said that you? was a great message. Oh, thank, I, was just being hum, I was trying to be <laughs> humble. I was trying to be humble. So I'm proud of how humble I am. No, so, <laughs> but anyway, so, so, but you said to me, you know, one of the things in, in, in today's church and you, you said that basically, you know, although people can speak in tongues, many Christians don't. Meaning they, 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 they can, but they choose not to. And, and, and in a way, I think the modern church is, is tongue-tied. And it doesn't, it's too nervous to exercise these, uh, these gifts. And I, I, I thought back to what, what stirred me in this was when I came back to when I got saved, I mean, I was telling the young adults, when we got saved, we burnt things. I don't know about you, you guys, but we burnt things. I mean, we cleansed out our houses. We burnt our Buddhas. You know, if you had a little Buddha set, you went through your house, you cleared it out, you lit a bonfire, and you burnt the flipping lot, you burnt the flipping lot of it. And then, and then we were encouraged also to pray in the Spirit, to speak in tongues. It was just something that you did all the time. Peter, what benefit? It's like, what benefit is there for the believer? If there, someone is here today and you, you maybe you speak in tongues, and I know there might be some who, who don't, and that, that's the elephant in the room. But I, 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 for those who do speak in tongues, why should you or why do you think they should speak that all the time? What, how does speaking in tongues even help us on a daily basis, not just in a service on Sunday? What would you say? Me first, then her. Okay, yep. This time. Yeah, all right. Um, to me, when I speak in tongues, and I do speak in tongues every day, and I've set aside a particular time at any time, because when you speak in tongues, you can speak anytime, anywhere, under any circumstance. But when I speak in tongues, I know I am charged up. I am edified. Jude tells us that in Jude 20. No chapters in Jude, by the way, for you Bible students. Jude 20 tells us that when we pray in the Spirit, we are built up, edified. It's a bit like a battery. When, you feel it, when, you, when you're feeling a bit low and a bit down, then go and pray in the Spirit, if you can. Because you get charged up. The battery gets connected into the main source. Heavenly Father, Holy Spirit. You, you, are, you are edified, you are built up. But when we pray in the Spirit, also we're giving thanks to the Lord. We're exercising faith when we pray in the Spirit. Because it does take faith to even open the mouth yeah. and say those words that come to your tongue. I was sharing with Sylvia earlier. She said, oh, she said, you put me in remembrance of something. That when we pray in the Spirit, maybe a name comes to our mind, our thought, some person, some situation. Yeah. We don't know how to pray for that person. But we pray in tongues. 
I said, yeah, I said, really, it's a bit like this. It's like the Lord wants to use us to bring petitions to him. I said, it's a bit like a paintbrush, isn't it? He just wants to use our tongue as the paintbrush to put the paint on, to put the anointing on, to pray for that situation. There is much more to say about that, but Annette can say something. Okay. <laughs> um, one of the really important things that uh, I can think of with uh, being speaking in tongues is when we don't know what to pray for, like Peter says, if we're faced with a, with a crisis, if there's a situation we find ourselves in, and we can pray with our understanding, but, but we know that we, we're kind of lost mm, because yeah. we really don't know what, the, what we should be praying. And, and, and Romans, Paul writes to the Romans in chapter 8, verse 26, and he says to them, the, the Holy Spirit will come to your aid when you know not what to pray for, as this is the old King James, when you know not what to pray for as you ought. The Holy Spirit will come to your aid and bear you up in your weakness, and he will pray the will of God through you. And, and we have found that. Uh, mm. I'll, I'll give you, if I may, I'll give you one example, which was a, a, a really profound thing that happened in our lives. Uh, one of our, I'm not going to identify him, so I'll just say one of our family members very close to us, when he was very young, um, he took uh, LSD. Uh, he was on an acid trip, if you know what that means. Nobody would know what that is here. <laughs> we're, all, we're all saved. We, we kind of know very well now. <laughs> We've learnt along the way. But he was very young and he had done this and we didn't know. And he was having a bad trip and he was terrified. And at midnight, he came to our bedroom and he stood in the doorway looking absolutely terrible and he said, I've taken acid. I'm out of my, I'm out of my brain please help me. Now, I have to tell you that Peter and I had not the foggiest notion of what to do. We did not, we had never been faced with anything like that in our lives before. So this, this was just, it was, it was a, a shock and fear. And I remember I opened my mouth, not knowing what I was going to say, and out came the, the language, the speaking in tongues, out came the tongues. And that's all I could do. And then Peter joined in. I always come first, you see, before him. <laughs> and then he joined in. And the two of us prayed in tongues. And we did that for a long time until he had calmed down and until things had, had, um, were sorted in a, in a way. But I just remember vividly how the Holy Spirit came to our aid. Mm -hmm. and bore us up in our weakness when we did not know what to pray for. We did not know how to pray as we ought. So that example is, it's, to me, it's, it's so valuable. It's, it's such a gift from God. It's something that we, we, we must have and we must use and we must exercise. Yep. I, I think, too, uh, I mean, the whole edification, I mean, it, also in uh, um, you know, 1 Corinthians 14, it's a, he who speaks in a tongue edifies him himself there's a building up of um, uh, 
faith or whatever, and, and I, I, I'm conscious of people I've known over the years. I remember a guy named Ivan Ruskino, who, who our daughter, his, his daughter's name is Jer, and we named our daughter. But he had such an impact. He used to pray for four hours every morning. Like he'd get up, at, he'd get up very early in the morning and just be called Randabu Shakarandaba and pray. And I always remember when I would see him and when I would meet him, it was like he was like Moses coming down from, from the mount, mountain. You talked about Annette's countenance change, and, and there was just something different. It, it kind of girds you. Uh, would you agree with that? It, it, it fills, strengthens. Uh, I mean, if you're doing battle, our struggle's not against flesh and blood, but against principalities. And it girds you up for, uh, for the battle. Would you say that for speaking in tongues in our daily life, even if there isn't a particular need, would you agree that it, it can strengthen you uh, in your walk? Absolutely. Yeah, yeah. And I pray every day. Yeah. And I must do. Mm. Why? Because I get charged up, but also because I, 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 I'll give you inner secrets because that's how we all learn. So one day I'm, I'm in the kitchen and I'm, I'm, I'm praying in tongues because I've set my program with the Lord because you know you do timetables with the Lord. I'll pray for you for five minutes, Lord, and then get on with my life or maybe six minutes if you're lucky lord but you know i'll move on a bit so i pray in the spirit and i'm praying and the thought came to me why do you keep praying in the spirit and inside me i heard the voice of the lord say you're not praying for yourself you're praying for somebody else i'm using you to pray for somebody else i'm using you to intercede for this situation and that takes us back for the weaknesses because Surely as Christians, we know how to pray. We know to pray to the Father in the name of Jesus by the power of the Holy Spirit. That's the model Jesus gave us. But there's something more to it because when we pray in the Spirit, we're praying for things that we do not know what to pray for. Pray how we ought to pray. I use the example if you see a, 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 a car crash on the road how do you pray you don't know what's gone on what injuries there may be pray in the spirit pray in the spirit pray in the spirit and that's that's one of the great benefits that we've got we you know the the holy spirit is our helper he's our standby our strengthener our comforter and for those who love the greek language he's our paraclete mm -hmm. so he comes to our aid right. and he walks beside us why not have the best friend next to you? Not only besides, but he's within us. Amen. Amen. So, so uh, um, uh, again, in the book of Acts, of course, there were, were language in, in chapter 2. There's languages that were actual languages, and you've explained how that were, was learned. And so where do we find the, the, the difference or the, the, the talk of heavenly language in Scripture? Well, we have to come to a, a, a deeper understanding of Paul's writing to the yeah. Corinthians. And Annette was going to do it, but see now you've let me <laughs> do Can I go you first want now? You want me to speak? No. You do, the, you do that bit and I'll do the next bit. No, uh, all right. I'll just say this. The, the book of Corinthians, the first Corinthians letter that Paul wrote, we need to actually know, we need to understand that before we start to make judgments on yeah. you shouldn't speak in tongues important. and tongues is not for everybody and what, we, what is taken out of that. Because he wrote that 
as an instruction to the Corinthian church because he'd had a report that things were going wonky. They were doing all sorts of things. They were all babbling away in tongues, which was great and edifying for them. But if any stranger came in or any unbeliever came in, they didn't know what they were doing and they didn't understand it. So Paul was bringing correction and he was bringing um, a structure to the church and he was explaining to them how, how a, a church meeting should be conducted. And he was explaining... Because he wasn't stopping it, was he? I no. Mean, people think, oh, he was... It's like, no, he was not... He, he, he was, was correcting. He was not. He was bringing correction, and he was yeah. explaining to the Corinthians, who were very enthusiastic, but they were all over the place. And so he was explaining about gifts of the Spirit, and that's why you see all that instruction uh, the, all the way through the book of Corinthians. So we need to know the background. We need to know why he wrote that. That was not an instruction for how we should receive the baptism of the Holy Spirit. That was a correction as to how they should operate in, in the gifts and in the speaking of tongues. So uh, it, it's, that, that has been used so much in the church yeah. by people to stop the speaking in tongues because they quote that, um, that not everyone speaks in tongues. So all I'm saying is that there has to be an understanding of that, that letter to the Corinthians before we start to take things out of context and say, well, it's not for everybody. Okay. That's yeah. about and, it. And if, if we really want to break it down a little bit more, the book of Acts tells us more about the baptism with the Holy Spirit and the evidence of speaking in tongues. You find it in, in the first bit there in Acts chapter 2, verse 4. You find it again in Acts chapter... Uh, 10. 10, where uh, Annette was talking about the Cornelius experience. Yep. You find it again in uh, Acts chapter 19 with the account at Ephesus, where they all spoke. So it becomes a norm uh, for every believer who desires to receive that gift and the ability to pray in this heavenly prayer language. But that is different, the private devotional heavenly prayer language, which may be in some other known language or an unknown language or even the language of angels yeah. but there is and this is what Paul speaks mainly about in 1 Corinthians chapters 12 13 and 14 yeah. in brackets 13 which we all know so well is jammed in between the two because it talks about love and he's saying you don't you can't operate in these gifts unless there's love yeah I can speak with the tongues of men of angels. If I don't have love, I'm like a clanging gong or a sounding cymbal. He says that very clearly. Someone said, what's the point of speaking in tongues if you're mean in English? Exactly. I like if you're just a horrible... But yeah. It's like, yeah, yeah. yeah. So Paul is really addressing the problem in the church, as Annette has said in Corinth, but he's now beginning to speak to the other aspect of speaking in tongues, and that is the tongues given as one of the spiritual gifts. Paul says in 1 Corinthians 12, 7, he says, desire spiritual gifts. And there's a whole stack of them, nine of them if you want to count them. And tongues is one of them. But that's not the devotional heavenly prayer language given to every believer. That is given to people in a congregation as the Spirit wills and it must be accompanied with an interpretation. Otherwise, as Annette says, they'll know what they're babbling about. What's all that about? There has to be tongues plus interpretation, 
which in simple sense equals prophecy. Pastor. And, and of course, he ends that verse talking about do not forbid, that, that whole passage in, in 1 Corinthians 14, you know, do not forbid speaking in tongues, just do things in a fitting and orderly, orderly way. Um, I just thought of this example earlier on. We should be able to uh, worship God as a congregation in tongues as mm. well as with our understanding. We should have a freedom to be able to do that. We may sit in the pew and hear past the pastor uh, speaking in tongues and think, well, that, that's great for him. That's what Pastor Adam does. But it, it, it's not, none of us participate. We should be able to worship yeah. God in tongues. But if you, Pastor Adam, were to stand up here on, on behind the pulpit and for 30 minutes speak in tongues, you would be greatly edified because mm. that's what the Bible says. But we would sit there not knowing what he was talking He's about. He's gone out of his mind. <laughs> and, and, and I mean, we would, they would then say to each other, what on earth is happening? What is the man doing? But, and that's what Paul was trying to say to the Corinthians. So you can't do that, you see, even yeah. though you'd be edified yeah. in doing it. And not only that, I think in the Corinthian church too, it was the mark of a very spiritual person so it's like they were outdoing each other yes. like who could yes. you know and so it was like that was like the mark of of being a uh the evidence or whatever of being a true christian which brings us probably to where, where I'll, I'll wrap it up uh today and like i said i really don't want to hurry this i don't want to go oh well we just do this on pentecost and we talk about because i i believe if we can understand this, even as a church, we're a Pentecostal church. Yeah. And I, I, I want us in that, 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 those moments to be able to freely and it can, you know, I know one person came here many years ago. She, she uh, came here and we were, were having a, a little sing in the spirit as we do from, uh, from time to time. She went back to her husband who wasn't going to church and said, you should come to this church. They're all speaking Indian. <laughs> and, and, and it's just like it's amazing it's amazing everyone in the church knows 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 india and so so again it's just helping us understand um uh, or, or, or all of that but but again too the elephant in the room is that there'll be people here and you've come up to the altar and you've you, you you've come and someone's prayed for you and nothing happened or you tried to let that language, as we heard the story of Joe, Joe last week. Peter was the one who went to Joe. And of course, you know, Joe is, you know, um, you know, should have brought a Honda, but I bought a Kia. He was, he, he was making that up as he, he went. But then because he hungered a couple of weeks later, he began to speak in that language. And so there, there's, there was a flow. But I know there will be people here who go, well, I've prayed, I've asked God, I've, uh, we need to talk about that because there'll be people here who, are, who I, I know because I've been a pastor for a while, he'll be going, I can't, so does that make me a second class Christian? Does that no. make, am I somehow, I know you want to ask, but we're going to have to answer no, that I'm next week. Yeah. No. yeah, 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 so it's, uh, you know, how, how do I do that then if, if this gift is for me? then how do I pursue it? How do I do it? I, 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 there will be people here in, in this room right now going, well, I've prayed, but I feel like a second-class Christian. I tried, they prayed, you know, 
Peter prayed for me over on the side and nothing happened and whatever. Uh, I, I, we need to speak to that because there's angst, there's confusion, there's hurt, sometimes disappointment. Disappointment can really just, and it's like, am, am I, God, do you not love me enough? Is it, so we need to talk about that. That's an elephant in the room and I don't want to rush past it. I just don't want to do Pentecost also once a year on that day and then move on. It needs to be a part of our daily life. And speaking in tongues can be a life-changing thing as part of your spiritual walk. For not just your Sunday, but for your Monday and your Tuesday and your Wednesday and your Thursday. So it's important. We, can we dig a little bit deeper into that uh, uh, next week? I'd encourage you, again, I don't know which one we'll put on. Maybe we can put on both because both of our services were a little bit different in terms of the questions we've, t we've sort of the way we've gone around. So there's different gems to be got. But I want to thank you guys so much for coming in and doing that and just off the cuff. Again, if you're looking to do a very deep dive into this topic, one of the most powerful exegetes I've found on this topic is by, uh, by a guy named Sam Storms. He's a reformed theologian, not a cessationist, obviously. He's a professor, theologian, whatever. But he writes one of the most powerful exegetes, asking every question that can possibly be asked around the whole thing of the Holy Spirit. It's called The Language of Heaven, Crucial Questions About Speaking in Tongues. And he does a deep dive. And I encourage if that's something, again, to be able to grow, and I encourage you to get this book. It'll stir your faith and, and, and make a lot of thing, things make sense if you want to do the deeper, uh, deeper dive. So thank you so much for coming in. I think this is important. Just one more time, just thank them. <laughs> would you stand, would you stand? And let me just pray a blessing over you as we we closed today. I hope, you, I hope you found that helpful. I hope you found that. The Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face shine on you and be gracious to you. The Lord turn his face towards you and give you peace. And everybody said, Amen. Amen. Can we just honor God one more time? Turn to the person next to you and say, would you buy me a coffee and let's talk about this. <laughs> God bless you. The service is over. If you need prayer, there'll be a prayer station.